Okay, we're beginning now the fourth essay in this final section of Tanya, which is focusing on a statement in the Kabbalistic work pre Eitz Chaim, written by Rav Chaim Vital, transcribing the teachings of Rabbi Gloria, the Arizal Kadosh, in which it says that in contemporary times, the refinement of the sparks from the world of chaos is primarily affected by prayer. Meaning, in our world, we have the responsibility to release the hidden holy sparks that have fallen into our world from a prior state of spiritual existence called the world of chaos, in which there were enormously powerful lights in vessels deliberately designed to be too thin to contain those intense lights. And therefore, as God wanted, the light shattered the vessels. Chaos of the world with lights shattered, and the shards of the vessels fell into our world. And they also fell into the other spiritual worlds, but primarily they fell into our world, into the material of our world, which are being nurtured through primarily klipas noiga, this admixture of godliness and evil. And our job is to disencumber these sparks and release them back to their source, back to God, which would then cause tremendous response of God's energy in our world. And there's three ways of doing this. The first road is through the performance of action-oriented commandments, that we're using physical objects whose life force is coming from this admixture of godliness and evil. The second way is through audibly articulated study of Torah on subjects dealing with physical matters, but also here, there's a relationship to the Klippa-Sega admixture energy because we're using our physical body parts to study this Torah. The lips, the tongue, the larynx. And three, through prayer. Prayer is a spiritual service, but our divine soul is influencing and refining our animal soul. And our animal soul energy comes from this Klippa-Sega admixture of godliness and evil. Also here, there's a movement and impact on this Klippas Mega energy. So the Priyat Chaim is saying that in our generations, the main way to extract the spark is through prayer. And this is what we're going to question in this essay, because we would think, at least Torah study, Torah study is superior to prayer. Torah study is considered equivalent to all the commandments. But the Rebbe says, if we think of the impact of a Torah or commandment as versus prayer, Prayer, in a certain way, impacts our world far more powerfully than Torah or the commandments. Because in both Torah and the commandments, the energy that's being affected and changed is primarily found in the highest spiritual world, the world of being. Meaning, when I'm studying Torah, which is utilizing my intellect, the heavenly response is a revelation of God's intellect, which is the inward aspect of the divine attributes. So in the world of being, the divine attributes are now infused with this greater energy from the divine intellect because of my Torah study. Through the commandments observance, the commandments are coming from more of an external physical expression of my energy, not my inner self, it's my outer self doing an action. So correspondingly, the energy that's now going to affect the world of being is going to affect it in a more external fashion which means specifically to impact the three lower of the six divine emotive attributes of the world of being, because those are considered the external aspects of God's self in the world of being. So the infinite light of God 
drawn down through my commandments, is infusing these three lower of the divine emotive attributes because of my commandments. So what we see is my Torah study really helped the inner dimension of the divine attributes of the world of being, and my commandments is helping the external dimension of the divine attributes of the world of being. But what about our world? So then this light, this extra infusion in the world of being is in a diminished fashion comes into the next three spiritual worlds and then comes into our physical world, but specifically in a very narrow focus on the Torah that was studied or the commandment that was done, but not in a fashion that it can change the material aspect of the world itself at large. But that's what prayer does. Because prayer calls the infinite aspect of God's light into these three lower spiritual worlds of creation and descent. Not in the fashion of being enclosed and engarbed, but where the divine light is directly interfacing with the world and changing the physical world. When we pray that a sick person should be healed, the divine light comes down and heals the sick person. So these are changes affected within the physical world. That's not what's happening with Torah or the commandments. If one takes a piece of parchment and makes it into tefillin, the parchment is not changed because of the commandment done with them in laying the tefillin. Obviously, there's a light of God, a divine light that's coming now into that parchment because of the commandment done. But it's not affecting a change. Even if you could say, well, the parchment changed because now it's tefillin. But that change is affected by man. But God's not creating a change in the parchment. But when one prays and God's response is bringing rain where there was none, or bounty, or health, there's a change in the physical world, which is coming from the infinite light of God. Now, since I'm bringing down God's infinite light, I need to send up something very powerful to cause such a response by God. In other words, I want God's infinite light to come down here. I need to send up a piece of my infinity, which is hard because I'm finite. I don't need this for Torah study per se because Torah study, as we're saying, is primarily affecting the world of being. Torah study is united with God. Torah study's main thrust is not bringing the energy down to this world. But that's what's happening by prayer. So now the Rebbe has to explain what I can do as my arousal from below that is going to connect to God's infinity. And this is, as it says in the Shema prayer, that we have to love God with a whole ma'odecha, with all your might, which means with your infinity. Love God in an infinite fashion. You're finite. But however infinite, finite can be, that's the degree you have to love God. And when one loves God in this way, my infinity arouses God's infinity to come down and make changes in our world. And this is affected through the attribute of strength in the divine name of Sag, which Sag is actually the source of the 288 sparks of the world of chaos. So the love, the longing that a person experiences during prayer to the extent of serving God with all your might, with your infinity, is aroused by these strengths of Sag, this divine name that's the source of these 288 sparks. And these sparks derive from the vessels of chaos where originally those divine attributes were in this state of infinite longing to be one with God, which is in my reality expressed by my infinite love and longing for God to the point of my infinity. 
And this is why prayer is called life of the moment. Because the energy is coming down into God's divine attribute of sovereignty, which is where time begins. Higher than sovereignty is God in an infinite fashion beyond time. But our world's coming from the energy of sovereignty, which is time limited. And therefore, in this divine attribute of time, of sovereignty, the energy of God is coming to make changes in our world. Like Tyra, in contrast, it's called eternal life because it's affecting God's emotive energies, which are eternal, which are higher than the limits of time.